you know, there I, I was understanding the applications, but I was also understanding the implications right. of not doing anything with it. And those implications are what will blow your mind. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. In his book, A Curious Mind, The Secret to a Bigger Life, filmmaker Brian Grazer wrote, Curiosity, asking questions, isn't just a way of understanding the world. It's a way of changing it. I want to talk about that transformative power of curiosity, that power that comes from asking why or how or if not me, who, and if not now, when. Miriam Janari is a mom, a business owner, real estate agent, TV host, filmmaker, and ferocious advocate. She co-hosted Green and Sexy here on WERA, continues to host The Sustainable Scoop on Arlington Weekly News, and she's working on a film called Styrofoam Mom. She embodies that me now spirit. And she seemed like the obvious person to talk to about bringing our curiosity to our own impact on the planet we call home. Brian Grazer's belief that curiosity can change the world isn't just a good line. Researchers at the Cultural Cognition Project have done research that supports this idea. They published work in the journal Advances in Political Psychology, describing curiosity's impact on what's called politically motivated reasoning. That is, our tendency to take in new information in ways that support our existing beliefs. What the folks at Cultural Cognition Project found was that people with high science curiosity, people who are intrigued by surprising information and scientific discoveries, are much less likely to be partisan and will let uncomfortable information in in ways that others do not. They'll acknowledge, perhaps, inconvenient truths. I've got links to this research on Facebook page. Choose to be curious. Check it out. The remarkable anthropologist Jane Goodall wrote, the greatest danger to our future is apathy. Apathy is not caring. I see it as an expression of being deeply incurious, of not caring enough, not only to not want to know anything, but certainly not to know, not want to know anything more. And that's why I have this refrain, choose to be curious, best apathy antidote ever. Which brings me back to Styrofoam Mom. I'll let her tell the story, but Miriam is anything but apathetic. She got curious about all the styrofoam in her life. She decided she cared about it. And then she started asking questions. I don't think even she anticipated where all that curiosity would take her, but we'll find out. So welcome, Miriam. Thanks so much for having me, Lynn. It's it's wonderful to be here. I love your show. It's great to have you. So what made you curious about styrofoam in the first place? Well, I think in describing who I am, a mom first, right? So a lot of things that we learn or we learn over time, our biggest lessons happen when we have children mm. and we have to teach them uh, right from wrong, mirror positive behavior, and um, also just value lessons. And so I thought I had some of the answers on how to treat things well and 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 be a good uh, provider of resources and opportunities. And I noticed I was pretty pretty wasteful, and it was rubbing off on them. 
and uh, I, I noticed it in everything that they they did. They they would get things and they would use them for a short period of time and then dispose of them. They'd run through the house, leaving the lights on or the water on. And you know, I, all parents, we just stay on it every day, trying to teach positive lessons. And when I really started to focus on it, I knew that um, I could use some help. And uh, one of the places where a lot of parents, especially single parents, get help is at school. Mm -hmm. So uh, I noticed that the school wasn't mirroring some of the behaviors that I was trying to teach the children. And I don't call myself a mom badger for (laughs) no reason at all. I, you know, wrote a letter to the superintendent and I mentioned some of the things that I thought would be simple solutions to teach the the kids to be um, more sustainable. So it started at school. So it started at school, and um, one of the things I noted was that the children were eating their lunches every day on these trays mm-hmm. and then disposing of them. In some of the classrooms, um, you know, depending on what time of day they came, the the lunch attendant would have them stack them neatly to the side. Um, others, they would just throw it into the trash. But either way, I saw these trays, and, and I was inquiring about where the, how they were disposed of. So uh, that was one of the things that I was concerned about. Arlington Public Schools uh, was not showing a lot of support for our local libraries. And I thought, well, you know, this is such a simple answer. Get rid of the trays and Uh put that towards our libraries. That was my answer. That was your thought. (laughs) And so we took those trays and we wrote Save Our Libraries on it. And we held them up everywhere. And uh, before I knew it, the children were testifying and um, the county board decided to eliminate those trays. I don't know that it helped the libraries. We did save those as well. (laughs) I I might add, we saved the library and the planetarium. So it it was all during that time. Um, so fine, I, I felt like maybe I had made a contribution. It wasn't till later that I found out that the trays that they replaced them with, which are very nice trays, compostable ones, were also um, being thrown away and not being composted. Mm-hmm. So, it, and then other people mentioned to me that, you know, um, teachers were losing their jobs because uh, we, our budget in the schools uh-huh. continued to increase. So, I ran for school board on a sustainability platform. Uh, I tried my very best to um, represent what I knew, but I investigated things. This issue of styrofoam, though, um, is not an easy one to solve. And that's when I got curious. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about this evolution from curiosity to caring to advocacy. And it sounds like the curiosity and the caring were so entwined for you. There's not really a chicken or an egg there, is there? No. So I had sent you ahead of time this quote from Stephen Fry that I that really resonates for me in this. And it kind of echoes Jane Goodall's remark about the only reason people don't know much is because they don't care much. Um, they're incurious, and incuriosity is the oddest and most foolish failing there is. And listening to you talk and thinking about sort of that, the foolishness of our unsustainable ways, that sounds like it's a real motivator. I was a real fool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, nothing like being proved wrong and, you know, or teaching your children something and then finding out that you cannot be, honestly, Lynn, this is a problem in the world. We're so rigid in trying not to be wrong that I I took the fact that I hustled towards an easy solution and took the pat on the back um, very seriously when I realized I might have been wrong. Mm. And I really wanted to get to the bottom of the issue. 
issue. And as, as you know, fate has it, it's a very, very topical issue around the world, uh, nationally, and certainly very close to home. So talk about that journey. I mean, you started, you got this moniker of Styrofoam Mom. That became your thing, right? <laughs> well, so, so, so talk to me about that. So the funny thing is that it, it, it really started at the bus stop, you know, the bus stop moms <laughs> and dads kind of get together and the kids are chatting. And we were talking about this passion I have for trying to better understand uh, Styrofoam and a young lady um her name's Sydney. She's probably a young woman now, but she says, just tell him to hold the foam. <laughs> and I thought, that is brilliant. I know brilliance when I see it. So I, I kind of adopted that. And then people started calling me the styrofoam mom. And um, I decided to, to put on a styrofoam suit. And that's where I got the name that's styrofoam. Ah, right. uh, okay, okay. So you were really wearing, you were really wearing this yes. stuff. But but it's not. But but styrofoam mom is not me. The whole point is that it doesn't go away. Right. Right. And if your mom gave you a lesson or two that really touched your heart, that doesn't go away either. Mm-hmm. So these are the lingering things that we need to be aware of in our lives. But all of that brought you to this place where you're actually making a movie mm-hmm. about this. Right? Yeah. So talk to me about the movie. Well, the movie's inspired by trying to solve the problem. Once I got to the to the bottom of it and I realized there this is a complex problem. You know, there are no simple solutions. Then I then I said, well, there's got to be solutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, that's right. The, just because there isn't a simple solution doesn't mean that there isn't a right, solution. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the inventor's mind in me started to come up with all kinds of scenarios. And what a lot of people don't understand, and I, we I'll just correct myself. Styrofoam is not. Uh, a material um, name. It is a brand name, right? It's a it's a trademark name. That's right. Dow so Chemical. So give us give us the give us the the sixty second um, kind of what is styrofoam when it's not just branded? Well, it, it's a it basically the styrene monomer is a single molecule that when distilled under certain circumstances, will harden. And this is back in the 1800s when they were trying to figure out what plastics were. And they were discovering things, but they didn't know what to do with them. Well, you know, every good idea percolates, percolates, (laughs) and the next person gets their idea. And eventually, um, when they, they named it, polystyrene. Then uh, they started to use it in various applications, and it was uh, several different inventors, but eventually Dow Physics Lab, what they did was they added steam, and they increased the pockets of air between the oh, polymer. Oh, that way it's got expanded something or yes, another? Yes, expanded sort of blows it out. Right. right. Okay. So, so, you know, anywhere between 95 and 98% air. Mm. A plastic that now it, it's hard for people to imagine. Well, if you think how, about it, when you sort of crunch it or smush it, it does. Or how about just put put a put an apple in your hand yeah. and put a styrofoam ball the same size in your hand? It'll feel like you don't have anything at all. Right. And so the volume of mm-hmm. this product is probably the biggest challenge with as far as dealing with it mm-hmm. after you've produced it. But a great insulator, wonderful for impact, um, retains heat. I mean, in so many ways, a water buoyant. I mean. You know, I, I often say, if somebody threw me a life preserver, I wouldn't want it to be compostable. <laughs> right. You know, there, I, I was understanding the applications, but I was also understanding the 
implications of not doing anything with it. And those implications are what will blow your mind. Okay, so blow my mind. Well, share some of those. So if if you think about it in terms of that multiplier effect, okay, so you've got a plastic that's um, got no air in it. It's a 100% plastic ball, and you have one that's 98% air. Mm -hmm. Okay, how do you equate value mm. in those two products, right? And and when you're and when you're done with this air ball, basically, how do you dispose of it? By some international estimates, thirty percent of landfill space is styrofoam. Wow. Blow your mind. Think of all those landfills. And what's not landfilled, if handled properly properly handled is on its way to combustion technology, mm-hmm. which is um, Covanta, the company that, that does waste to energy. So the two proper ways to dispose of it um, at this point is landfill or incineration, mm-hmm. combustion. And it's all air. So what kind of, what are you getting out of this product? Mm-hmm. You're getting air and you're getting chemicals. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Very little BTU value. If you burn this apple, it has some energy. There's very little. Oh, so it doesn't have much return on that investment of, no. of the combustion. So, so you went looking for a third path? Was that what you were trying to find? Well, you know, the actually the third path um, is is one we all know, but um, don't feel good about, which is litter. Mm-hmm. It ends up in the environment, in mm-hmm. the oceans, mm-hmm. in our streams, in our animals, and also um, based on a lot of research in our bodies. So oftentimes, you know, uh, innovation will create something and never follow the life cycle of it. And this, when they say it doesn't go away, it's because this this chain polymer is together forever. It doesn't break down. So the styrofoam cup you bury in your backyard will be there as long as that yard is there, right? You know, right. Um, so so the so the alternative for me was I I felt like if you have a product that has use still then you should be able to use it as close to where you produced it or where you uh, conveyed it Mm -hmm. and began to explore the possibility of recycling. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting because you had this, you had this idea about what you thought was supposed to happen with this stuff. And, 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 and you sort of learned a lot about the science behind it and, and kind of what's becoming of it now and the implications for all of us in your questioning, have you found what feels to you to be a more promising resolution than the ones that we've that we're currently using? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so well, you know, so much of opportunity comes like as you've said from curiosity. I'm not the only person who's been trying to solve this problem. I'm not the only person outraged by the problem, but also, you know, industry has a responsibility too. When consumers start to say, "Hey, I want some answers on this." It's really remarkable how quickly you can get a company to change their value propositions and how they handle things based on what their customers are saying. And so, I I used to in fact, I did it the other day. This is this is terrible, but I walked into uh, a Chinese restaurant that I had spoken to before about um, putting hot food mm-hmm. in styrofoam, and they were still doing it. So I popped in and I said, listen, I've got a big event coming up, and I'd like to order a lot of food. Oh, I see you're still using styrofoam. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
And I left. <laughs> and out you went. And out I went. And several uh-huh. restaurants over the years uh-huh. have, especially here in Arlington, have just m- removed it altogether. Well, was McDonald's one of those that sort of early on took styrofoam out of its packaging? In the 70s, there was a there was an energy crisis. People mm-hmm. were also thinking about the environment. And uh, so there were protesters to the clamshells, mm-hmm. uh, especially the Big Mac clamshells you'd see right. everywhere. So they got rid of it. And for years, you did not see it. And then they snuck it back into the coffee with a, pla- a paper liner around it. Uh. And so... And And nobody seemed to care because Uh it was a nice insulator and, Uh you know, um, it was durable. And then later again with the iced teas, um, I I get phone calls all the time. Somebody will send me a message. Congratulations, Dunkin' Donuts um, is going to stop using styrofoam. And I I just kind of laugh because, you know, they had set a date. Dunkin' Donuts had set a date to to convert Mm -hmm. um, in 20. 14, they were going to be out of it by 2015. And now I think they've set a date for this is 2018 to maybe stop using it in 2020. Sounds to me like they're hedging their bets. Well, so is that, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get curious then about that. I was like, well, you know, what's the driver there? You know, is there an economic, you know, cost differential they haven't been able to satisfy themselves about? Is it, you know, what's What's making that decision for them? You know, what are the priorities? What are the values? Do you have a sense of that? Well, I, I do think that there are a number of, uh, of groups in the restaurant industry and in the packaging industry that have a vested interest mm. in just selling everything the way that they've always sold it. They have equipment that's made a certain way, and they just want to continue to produce it. And also, when, when a business admits a mistake, that's kind of, even though they're trying to improve themselves, it's still kind of a scar. And we're talking about something that doctors are saying is a carcinogen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and reacts to heat. So I don't think anybody wants to admit to being responsible. But what I feel like the food packaging industry is really missing out on is the opportunity to educate people on proper use. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, and ultimately, in the end, Lynn, we consumers have to be educated and make good decisions. And I already told you, we can turn a company around overnight. So what do you wish people were curious about on these issues? Well, it you need to know where it's going. Mm-hmm. If you're going to take it, take some personal responsibility for the disposal. If you're going to go to Starbucks five times a day <laughs> and get a Starbucks cup, separate the lid, the collar, the, uh, the cup, and, and ask yourself, can these be recycled? Is there somewhere for them to go? I have to give Starbucks uh, criticism and credit, but really, I blame the consumer in the end if they are knowledgeable and do not act. Mm-hmm. Starbucks gives you an opportunity to bring your own mug in. They do. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of it. And if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to bring your own mug in, then they have for here cups. The idea that we have to have the um, coffee last outside of the restaurant and two more minutes so that we can throw it in the trash seems ridiculous. This is a company that's really bent over backwards to try to allow you to be sustainable. And as far as the future of packaging, you know, again, you have to let people know that it's important to you. I don't want a product. It, it, I have this uh, rhyme. If it's served on styrofoam, be it coffee or tea, if it's not recycled, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I choose to eliminate single-use styrofoam from my diet. Yeah, yeah. And where has that been most challenging for you? 
<laughs> at home, <laughs> at home, uh-huh. some of the most uh, yummy places to eat, especially in Arlington, still serve on styrofoam. Mm. And I'll run into people, um, politicians, business people. They're like, I'm so sorry. Though the, I remember, um, I won't mention their names, but so many of them were at a Froyo place. And you can choose between paper and styrofoam and they take that. And I'm like, well, if you want to take that, why can't you help me recycle it? Uh-huh. Why can't you? Because it is is fully recyclable. And Lynn, the further I go down this path, the more I see tremendous opportunities, workforce development opportunities, green jobs, and more importantly, a resource that we currently ship to China, used here in the country to make products that are life lasting. Huh. So I don't want to steal the, 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 I'll tell you everything, the, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert on the film, but, but is that what the film explores those alternatives? I mean, tell me a little bit about what you're capturing in this process. The film is the debate mm. in my mind, how, where I got my information, how I took the next step. Um, it's a totally self-funded film. It's, it's just, you know, trying to somebody asked me they're like I don't get it why do you do this and that's how the film came to be I had documented it through the years through Arlington Independent Media series of of um, interviews with experts trying to get their answers press them on solutions and in the end what I what I discovered was that neither side wanted the story to be told uh, the Sierra Club, I, they've never called me, hmm. you know, to say congratulations on your work. And and the food packaging industry doesn't want to meet with yeah. me again. <laughs> so so the the this is a this is a gift to the to the consumers of America, myself included, to learn that you know there are these items out there in the world that if. You're, if you just want to be on one side or the other side of the debate, you're nowhere near the solution. And every single day, the problem gets worse. Every single day, picture it, Lynn, multiplying yeah. cooler after cooler after cooler after cooler. Well, you know, just knowing that you've been on this project and having gotten to know you in uh, over the last two years, I am much more self-conscious, not just conscious, but self-conscious about styrofoam. So it's making a difference. It I think you. Is. That makes me happy. So if people want to learn more, where where do they go? What do they see? Well, I hope they watch the trailer. It, and where can they find that? So I have a YouTube channel. It's called The Sustainable Scoop, a program that I, I try to focus on sustainability. And, um, you know, that comes in many forms, but it is a platform. And I use that to publicize the trailer. It's called Styrofoam Mom. You can email me. I'm easy to find. Miriam at styrofoammom.com. Uh, also, through the website, you can see a lot of my research as well. It's an open book. I, I hope that we'll have a children's book oh, to cool. accompany it because it's really an educational tool for us all. Yeah, great, great, wonderful. Well, before you go, I have in my fully sustainable glass big jar of wannabe analogies. Um, you ready for analogies? Yes. Okay. Yes. So take a slip. Okay. And you make an analogy to whatever's there. I'll take one for myself, one for the audience. And you can go first, or I can go. What do you want to do? You go first. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, how is curiosity like brushing your teeth? <laughs> hmm. Um, let's see. Brushing your teeth is, uh, is a good habit. I think curiosity is a good habit. 
curiosity. Brushing your teeth is also, it's good hygiene. It's like a really good way of taking care of yourself. And I think curiosity uh, to this conversation is a really good way not only of taking care of ourselves, but taking care of the world around us and um, and changing the world around us. So that's how curiosity is like brushing your teeth. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you have? Well, I think this one's perfect. Curiosity is like jelly. Oh. And, you know, jelly is not a single form. It's It moves in and out and up and down and spreads out. And, uh, and so I feel like um, sometimes being a mom – and uh, and and always feeling like I'm growing and changing has got uh, a, a, a component of curiosity that I hope lasts my entire life. I do not want to be the same form I am today. I want to continue to be curious and to continue to um, follow things as I see uh, an opportunity to either um, raise my voice or to change things or to applaud people who are doing things that I really believe in. So I definitely think curiosity is is like jelly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And audience, let's see. Yours is onions. How is curiosity <laughs> like onions? Let us know. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well, Miriam, thank you so much for this, and uh, happy almost Earth Day. Thank you so much. Lynn, I really love your show. Thank you. You've been listening to WERA LP 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great programs here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can find all my shows on iTunes, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious, or on my website at choosetobecurious.com. Special thanks to my guest, Miriam Gennari, for this conversation and all she contributes to Arlington Independent Media, WERA, and the planet. Check out the links to Styrofoam Mom, the movie, the Cultural Cognition Project, Environmental Inquiry, all on Facebook. I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, curious. And don't forget to send us your onion <laughs> analogy, <laughs> hashtag analogy. I hope you'll join us again next time when we kick off year three of the show. Holy cow, how time flies. Until then, choose to be curious. Choose to be curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.